We're going to be kind of in two different places, Matthew 7, and then uh, we'll also be uh, in Luke chapter 6, Matthew 7 and, and Luke 6. And if you want to mark it, if you want to go there in your Bible, we're also going to be in Deuteronomy 15. So kind of three passages of scriptures that are all, all linked, intertied, as uh, we continue our series called Generous. If you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go back, listen to the message. They're all going to tie together, challenging us to be a generous church. You know, we're in a rented facility. We believe we've got a home out there in Frisco. How many of you believe that? So we're going to do something um, at the, at the, on December the 3rd. We're going to do what we call, and we'll do this annually, we're going to call it our Heart for the House offering. So we're going to take a, an offering called Heart for the House, and this offering specifically, and I'll share uh, a little more next week, but specifically we're believing that as we take this offering and as we sow this seed, that in this next year, we will find a building and a facility that this offering will be able to sow into that building and into that facility. I just know there's, there's more people to be reached in this city, and a building is simply a tool that God is going to use to reach more people. And uh, we'll get to Sunday mornings, and, you know, for whatever reason, especially here in the Texas Bible Belt, Sunday morning's the time you go to church, you know? And uh, so some people, when you tell them, hey, come to church with me on Sunday, 5 p.m., they're like, no, that's not church. I don't know what that is, but you don't have church at 5 p.m. Uh, and so it can be a bit of a hindrance. And so we're going to get to Sunday mornings. We're, we're going to reach more people. When we did that on Easter, we had we had uh, almost 300 people that we that we gathered together. And look, I'm not people are not like, you know, bragging rights for a pastor. It's not like, oh, I have a, a church of what not. Every person is a life that's changed. And so when we talk about growing numerically, just hear that it's not about growing big so that, you know, we can uh, go to a pastor's conference and brag or whatever. I don't even share my numbers with other pastors because I don't care about that. What I care about are the stories of, of people's hearts and lives that are changed. That's what I share. The, the lives that are being transformed and, and uh, the building is just going to be a tool. Amen. And so we're going to do that offering on the third. Generous week two. If you're taking notes, you could title this message, A Generous Heart, A Generous Heart. Matthew chapter 7 says this, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Somebody's like, what does this have to do with being generous? We're going to get there. Do not judge. Or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, open up every ear, open up every heart, open up every mind to receive of your word. Change us and challenge us tonight. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you'll believe and receive that, why don't you say amen? Amen. Thanks, Landon. Appreciate you. So tonight we're talking about a, a generous heart, a generous heart. And we read a scripture as we're talking about being generous. We read a scripture that's all about judging. Do not judge or, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will, it will be measured unto you. So Matthew chapter 7, when you look at it, it, it comes from the famous Sermon on the Mount. 
And when you begin to look at the Sermon on the Mount, what you find is that Jesus is really dealing with heart issues. That he goes through and he starts with, blessed are the poor in spirit, and he gives you the Beatitudes. And then he talks about us being salt and light. And then he talks about how he came to fulfill the law, not abolish the law. And then he goes and he begins to talk about murder. And he says, you know what? It, you've heard it said that, that you shouldn't kill someone. But he says, I want to dig deeper and I want to look at your heart. And if you have anger in your heart, you've committed murder. And then he says, you know, you've heard it that you shouldn't commit adultery, but I want to dig down a little deeper and I want to begin to look at an issue of the heart. And he says that that if you look at another woman with lust, then in your heart, you've committed adultery. And then he begins to go through other topics and he begins to tell them that you've got to love your enemy and that you give to the needy. And then he hits three things. He, he begins to talk about giving and fasting and prayer. And he says these three things. He, he says, when you give, and he instructs how you give. He says, when you pray, and he instructs how you pray. And he says, when you fast, and he instructs how you fast. And the purpose in doing this is because he wanted them to have the right heart behind all of it. Because... What they were doing is they were praying out of ritual. They were praying because out of religion, but they weren't praying and tapping into the heart of real prayer. They were fasting and they were sacrificing and they were doing these things, but they were doing these things out of a religious spirit and not out of a heart for God and a heart to know God more. It was just ritual and not from the heart. So Jesus begins to go through and he's addressing, addressing issues of the heart. And then he comes down and he begins to talk about your treasure and where you store your treasure and worry. He's addressing issues of the heart. And tonight I would say this, that generosity is an issue of the heart. But generosity flows out of other issues that tonight I believe that I really want to show you. And now you can flip over to, to Luke chapter 6. And we're going to take a look at uh, Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 7. And by the way, the, they're, they're, uh, there's three Gospels that they call the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And essentially, they record the same stories. There may be a little bit of difference here and there, but they record many of the same events. And so we've got this same passage of scripture recorded almost the exact same way that Matthew recorded it here that Luke records it, but Luke adds something else that I want you to see. And so let's go to Luke chapter six, verse 37. If you don't have it, it's on the screen. It says this, do not judge and you will not be judged. Does that sound familiar? We just read that right in Matthew. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Same thing, right? Same sentences, same thing, synoptic gospels, saying, speaking, same language. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Can we all agree that they're talking about issues of the heart, right? All issues of the heart. These are all things that I can do and, and, you, and you not know. I can judge you in my heart and you never know. I can condemn you in my heart and you never know. I can, I can hold and harbor unforgiveness and bitterness and res all are issues of the heart. 
And he's getting down to the heart. And then he says, and he stops in the middle of all this, verse 37, and he says this, give and it will be given to you. This is the part that is in addition to what we read in Matthew. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over. How many of you have heard this verse in, in church? You probably heard me say this a lot in church. And it's a good measure that will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. So it's a, he begins to talk about give and it's like, you know, all of this is going together and I'm going to show you all of the context in this because the thing that I think that we do a lot and we talked about this in our series that we did in Revelations on the seven churches is a lot of times we will take things out of context. Anybody ever heard a pastor or preacher take things out? We'll take things out of context and we'll take just one verse and we look at just one verse. And when we look at this verse, we could say, oh, this pertains just to giving. But when it comes on the heels of a verse that says judge and do not be judged, uh, condemn and you'll be condemned, forgive and you'll be forgiven. But then it says give and it will be given to you. You know what? If I give forgiveness, guess what I'm going to receive in return? Forgiveness. But, but the same goes, if I give condemnation, what am I going to get in return? Condemnation. Because the measure that I'm using it, it's going to be used unto me. What I really believe that Jesus is addressing here is a principle of sowing and reaping. So Jesus is speaking to um, an agricultural culture. A, a culture of farmers and he begins to speak to them and always would tell them and, and share parables with them that would relate to them that they would get and that they would understand and he's really driving home here the principle of sowing and reaping which we can find all throughout the Bible. And we're going to go back to Deuteronomy here in just a minute. And we're going to take and we're going to see that this principle of sowing and reaping was in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. And like I said, that Jesus, what he'll do is when he wants to bring something, he'll reach back from the Old Testament and he'll bring it into the new tithing and giving. We go, you know what? Those are Old Testament things. But what God, what Jesus did is he would reach back into the old and he would go, hey, listen, I want to show you that this principle is here. He said, look, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to what? I came to fulfill the law. So he'll reach back and he'll bring in those things. But Jesus is saying, look, I want to teach you about sowing and reaping. So he gives them this illustration. He said, I'm going to if you give, it's going to be given back to you, and it's going to come down what? Press down. Come on, somebody say press down. Because I feel like y'all are a little serious tonight. Press down, shaking together, and running. Don't make me give y'all motions tonight, all right? I'll, I'll give you some motions. and Press down, shaking together, and running over. I'm not going to make y'all do that. Let me tell you where it comes from. So Leviticus 23, 22. God was giving them laws. He was giving them, you know, just standards to, to live by, rules to live by. And, and in Leviticus, this, he, he tells them, he's, I want to show you how to harvest your crops and how to be generous as you do it. He says, when you harvest your crops in your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of the field. Some translations say the corners of the field. And do not pick up what the harvesters drop. So as they're going and they're you know, picking the grain or whatever it is. If they drop some, look, don't, don't pick it up. Just leave it on the ground and, and, and keep on moving. Leave it for the poor and for the foreigners living among you. So you need to understand that in every field, there were two types of people. You had your workers and then you had the poor and the foreigners. 
And in every field, you had these people and, and, and the workers. I mean, think about it. Like if you're working, you're an hourly wager. Uh, you're working on hourly wages. You're going to go. You're going to get your basket full. Right. And you're like, man, I got to do this for eight hours today. I'm not going to I'm not going to take my basket and press it down, shake it and let it be running over. Right. Because, number one, I want eight hours of pay. Come on, somebody say amen. And then I, and, and I'm not going to I'm not trying to hurt myself out here uh, working in the field. So your your hourly workers would take their grain, get probably half a basket, three quarters of a basket full, take that basket and then they would take it back to the silos. They would take it back to the storehouses, empty it, go back to the field and they just repeat this process. Now, on the other hand, you've got the poor and the foreigners who have the corners of the field and then they have that that, you know, maybe it gets dropped as they're going back to the storehouses, as they're going back to the silos, the, the grain that's dropped and they get the corners of the field and that's all they get. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to take that basket. If it's all that they get, they're going to go to the corner of the field. They're going to get that basket and they're going to fill it up. And once they get it full, then what are they going to do? Press it down like I do my trash can. <laughs> Press it down. They're going to shake it and then they're going to add more to it. And then when it gets to a place, what are they going to do? They're going to shake it again. They're going to press it down. They're going to get every last bit that they can get. Why? Because that's what they get. And this is where Jesus is pulling this illustration from. Is he saying, look, in the way that they would do it, press down, shaking together, and running over it, that's the way that I want to bless and give back into your life. But it's going to flow out of, listen to me, a generous heart. And if we've got this, Things in our heart, we're not going to be, look, if, if we're judgmental, if we're condemning, if we're not forgiving, if we're all of these things, guess what? We are not going to be generous people. Generosity, it starts in the heart. Because he was saying this in the, in the principle of sowing and reaping. Whenever you give, it's going to come back to you. Understand me now. That's not the motive of my heart to give. I'm not giving to get. That's not the motive. And, and I get it. I understand it. A lot of prosperity preachers in the world have messed up our concepts on giving. You've seen the televangelist and all that, that if you give, you're going to. You've heard it, right? Look, it's not the motive. I give out of a generous heart. And that really is what God was addressing and Jesus was addressing. He's saying there is a principle of sowing and reaping. And when you sow, you will reap. Look, if you're sowing of the flesh, what do you reap of? The flesh. If you sow of the spirit, what do you reap of? The spirit. And so there's this principle of sowing and reaping. It, it doesn't matter what we are sowing something, right? We're sowing something. So what should we sow? We should sow righteousness. We should sow generosity because those things are going to come back into our life and produce good things. There's a principle of sowing and reaping. And as we get a hold of that with the generous heart, I promise you it will come back. But hear me, it's not the motive. We give out of a generous heart. A generous heart. So Jesus is talking about judging. Man, if you give judgment, guess what? What do you get back? Judgment. <laughs> and a good measure. Oh, no. Press down. Shake. I mean, who wants that, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you judgment. Guess what I'm going to get back? Judgment. Press down. That's not one of those things that you're like, amen. Amen, pastor. Come on, preach that. 
I mean, I, I really condemn a lot of people. Press down, shaking together, and good God running over. Come on. That, but the Bible, you've got to understand that as you sow, that's what you reap. And so if we sow generosity, what do we reap? We, we reap generosity. We don't want to read that if you get ju- if you sow judgment, you get you, those aren't the kind of things that we we want the the good. Come on, shout them down, preach them down, give me that, say that again, louder for the people in the back. That's what we want, right? But we've got to look at it. It's an issue of the heart, and out of the heart has to flow generosity. Because see, we want to be full of forgiveness and generosity and love and compassion. And guess what? When you give those things, what do you get back? Compassion, generosity, love. Watch this. The root word of forgive is what? Give. So you take that first part, for. For means what? In favor of. So I am for what? Forgiveness. I'm in favor of forgiveness. If you're not in favor of giving, then you're going to have difficulty forgiving. If you can't release grace to people around you, this is I want to get to the heart of the issue. Can you hear me? Because when we talk about generosity, when we talk about being people that are givers, when we talk about people that are going to bless our nation, when we talk about sending missionaries, come on, around the world, it starts with a generous heart. But if we won't deal with the issues of the heart, then we're never going to get to living a life of generosity. And what we sow, we will reap. So let's do this. I want you to see that this has been a theme all throughout the Bible, all from the beginning. Go to Deuteronomy Deuteronomy with me. Uh, chapter 15, Deuteronomy chapter 15. It's going to be on the screen if you don't. It's always been a heart issue. I want you to see this. From the beginning, it's been a heart issue. God's been dealing with us and our hearts towards being generous. Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren, With any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, watch now, you shall not harden your what? (laughs) You shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand. The heart and the hand are connected, right? You shall not harden your heart and shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide and to him willingly, come on, somebody say willingly, willingly lend him sufficient For his need, whatever he needs. The word willingly deals with the attitude of our heart, and it emphasizes our our posture towards our brethren. As God's family, how can we get to the place where we give like God gives? I'm glad you asked that question. Here's four things tonight that I want to give you. How to give like God gives. How to give like God gives. The number one thing is you got to deal with selfishness. You've got to deal with a selfish heart. Deuteronomy 15.9, going back to our text here, it says this. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your, come on, say it with me, heart. Saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out against the Lord against you, and it become sin among you. Let me say it like this. Selfishness produces and leads to sin in our lives. So you read this passage of Scripture, and it might have um, 
might have some, some confusing things. You go, what is, this, what is this seventh year? What is all this thing that he's talking about? So, so let's go back. Let's look at this again in context. What is the seventh year? So every year, God instituted every seventh year that all the debts would be forgiven. How many of you want a seventh year of debts being forgiven? I mean, on the sixth year, it means you go buy boats and cars and motorcycles. And then the seventh year, is that, no, that's not what that means. How many of you would do it, though? Come on. Put your hands down. Come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would do it, too. Uh, no, no. But in the sixth, I mean, in the seventh year, IRS, everybody, Capital One, Chase Bank, Wells Fargo, the seventh year, they're just like, guess what? You have no more credit card debt. Why? Guess what? That house paid for. I mean, come on. All right. We'll, we'll try to get this voted on in Congress, you know. And so what this was called is it was, it was called the year of Jubilee. And, and in this seventh year, any debt that anybody had would be forgiven. And so what is being addressed here in, in Deuteronomy 15 is that in the sixth year, if somebody were to come to you and they're like, you know, we had a bad year, the crops didn't do what we thought they were going to do, and we don't have enough food to get through, can you loan me some money, can you loan me some food, and I'll be in debt to you, and it's that sixth year, and he's addressing the issue of the heart, saying, you know what, if you say in your heart, I know, you know, like, let's say this was the sixth year and the seventh year is going to be uh, January 1 and you come to me today and you're, I'm like, man, I'm not going to get paid back in the next, you know, 45 days of the year. I'm not loaning to you because I'll know I'll never get back. Guess what? You don't give to get back. And what God was doing, even in Deuteronomy, was he was addressing the heart of generosity. He's like, you don't give to this person so then you can get it back or charge interest on it or, or put whatever. But what I want you to do is I want you to drill down to the heart and I just want you to be generous, provide and give and not even think about what you're going to get in return. Because remember, look, the principle of sowing and reaping lies there because it, this person could go, um, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll give to you, but I'm, I'm put this heavy tax. I'm going to put this heavy interest on it. You're going to have to pay me back double. You're going to have to pay me back triple. Guess what? If you're sowing that, what are you going to reap? You're going to reap that. You're going to reap that. See, God invented the concept of giving. And he didn't invent it for himself because it's not like God's in, in heaven right now going like, how are we going to pave these streets of gold? I mean, we need, we need the church to really give. Uh, because I don't know, you know, I don't know how we're going to do it. We promised them like pearly gates and stuff. Pearls that big, that's expensive, you know. It's not like, you know, it's not like the church has one of those ATM tunnels, you know, that like leads to heaven. And as you give, we go to and we make this deposit in an ATM tunnel that goes to heaven, you know, and just takes it up. And, uh, and they, you know, start construction on, on the pearly gates and on the streets of gold and all of that. Look, it's not about that. God didn't invent giving for himself. He invented giving for us. And I can tell you this, Satan surely didn't invent giving. Why? Because Satan is all about killing, stealing, and destroying. 
So it wasn't Satan's invention. And some people get all mad mad and tight when you start talking about giving and generosity and, and all of these things. But we know that it's a principle that God invented. And why did he came come up with it? He didn't come up with it, uh, didn't come up with it on his own because he thought, oh, I need the, the, the money in heaven and we've got to pave the street. No, he came up with it for our sakes. Why? Because giving attacks selfishness and greed in our lives. Selfishness attacks greed in our hearts. And I talked a little bit about it last week, but you'll never be happy as a selfish, greedy person. Joy is found in generosity. Joy is found in giving. Giving helps us break through selfishness and greed. And the sad thing is, is that because of bad doctrine in the church for a long time, is that I feel like some of that preaching has actually fueled selfishness and greed in our life. Because if we're getting to get, then really it's about me, right? So this concept and idea that's been preached that if you, all you got to do is you give, you give and you're going to get, it's just going to be, look, I'm telling you, I'm telling you and, and hear me out. There is a principle and I've said it already in this message, right? But you need to hear it again. There is a principle of sowing and reaping. And when you sow, you reap, but we do not give to get. Because giving to get fuels selfishness again in your life. Because we were born getters, right? We were born getters. It was, it's, all, it's all about when you're born, you're, don't believe me, let's go back here to, to the nursery and watch these kids play or try to play with each other, right? Uh, my, little, my little Ella, my little sweet Ella, she's, she's three years old, and Lord have mercy, we're trying to teach her how to share, you know? And you, you may have kids this age or been through this and you know it. How many of you know it? Kids just, they don't, they, they're not born knowing how to share, right? Wouldn't that be great? That would just be a lesson you could dodge and skip altogether. But they're not born learning how to share. What? Their favorite word is what? Yeah, y'all sounded like, uh, yeah, mine, that's it. But it's the same with us. And we may learn how to share as a kid, but some of those things we have to learn. Generosity may not be a natural thing for you. For some people, it's gifted in their lives and they're just naturally generous. But some of us, it's not natural. And so we have to learn how to be generous. We were born with the nature of take, but we were reborn into Christ's nature. And Christ is a giver. He gave himself on the cross. He willingly hung. Even when he said, I don't want to have to do this, but I'll do it. Why? Because I'm generous and I love and I give. And at his very heart, it's who he was. Men, we can be selfish, right? When we go out to eat and our wives ask if they can taste some of our food. We can be selfish, right? When you order the perfect filet, my wife, she gets creative. And she tries to like, comp- she's like, you want to taste some of mine? And I'm like, no. <laughs> she's like, come on, no, you want to taste some of mine? No, I don't. You sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. And then she hits me with the question, well, can I just have a bite of yours? Like, <laughs> and it just depends on how many ounces of meat you have on your plate. You know, let's be honest. Um, 
And I got to deal with my selfishness, Lord. You created me to be a giver. And I cut her off the smallest little piece that I can. But I want to learn to give like God gives. Amen. If we do that, number one, we got to deal with the selfish heart. But number two, we got to deal with a grieving heart. We got to deal with a grieving heart. Can you imagine why God used the word grief in this passage of scripture when it talks about money? We're going to read it here in just a second. Yeah, we, we grieve over people and lost loved ones and But grief over money, watch Deuteronomy 15, watch what it says. You shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because of this thing. The Lord your God will watch this now because it it again, it's addressing an issue of sowing and reaping. But when you shall not surely you you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. And when you do, watch what happens. The Lord will what? Bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand to do. When you give what? With the right heart. And when we deal with the issues of our heart, I promise you, God steps in and he blesses us. But again, it's all when we sow with the right heart because as you sow, so you reap. God is saying, if if I can ever get you just to change your heart, I'll bless everything you do. I'll bless your finances. I'll bless your family. I'll bless your kids. I'll bless your marriage. I'll bless your health. I'll bless everything. If I can just get you to to have a generous heart. Come on, stand on your feet. and I want to share this with you as we close. Watch this. Selfishness, it attacks before we give. And grief attacks after we give. So selfishness before will try to keep you from giving it. Oh, well, you don't have enough. Oh, well, if you do this, you can't do this. If you do this, oh, you had this planned with that money. Oh, you were going to do this, so don't give. So selfishness attacks us before. Selfishness tries to grab a hold of our, our heart and our motive to keep us from giving ahead of time. Grief hits after. You give and then grief hits and it's like, oh man, should have known the car was going to break down this week. In my case, catch fire this week. I should have known that was going to, washer broke, whatever. Guess what? The washer was probably going to break anyway. But you put your trust in God. And grief will try to set in and be like, God, why did I give? God, I should have known that when I gave this week that this was going to happen, that this was going to be the the outcome and this was going to be the result and whatever. And so grief will try to set into your heart after you give. But we have to attack both of those things. And the way that we attack it is we develop a generous heart. Deuteronomy 15, 14 goes on to say, you shall supply him liberally. Liberally means generously from your flock, from your threshing floor, from your wine press, from what the Lord has blessed you with, you shall give to him. Because we got to remember, whose is it anyway? It's God's. It's God's. And that's what this is driving home. It says, you're going to supply all of this from what? You're going to supply it from what the Lord has blessed you with. Not what I worked so hard for, but what the Lord 
bless me with. Why? Because it's God who gives me the ability to earn wealth. It's God who gave me the opportunity to to do what I'm doing. It's God who is going to provide for me every. And if I take that approach to it, I realize it's not mine. I'm just returning it back to you. Then we'll give and look at generosity completely different. And I want to wrap with this. Are you with me? We're we're developing a generous heart. We do that by recognizing that it's all God's. And I want to read this last thing because I want to connect all the dots here. All right. Started in Matthew, went to Luke, went back to Deuteronomy. We heard what Deuteronomy was saying. The Deuteronomy talked about addressing the heart. Now watch what Luke says. This is Jesus speaking. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. It's a heart issue. Do you hear it? Do to others what you would have them do to you. It's a heart issue. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid. Listen, it's talking, it's addressing a heart. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting anything back. Then what does it say? Then, when the heart is right, when the heart is right, when you'll love others, when you'll be full of compassion, when you'll be full of grace, when you'll be full of mercy, when your heart is right, and you do all these things, and you give with the right heart, the right motive, it says then your reward is going to be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High. Why? Because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. We serve. Why are we generous? We're generous because we serve a generous God. We're generous because we serve a God who is generous to us as a people first. And then the last thing is we develop a grateful heart. Back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 50. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, what does he say? I command you this thing. So therefore, be generous. Why? Because I was broken. I was hurting. I was unable to save myself. I was in need of rescuing. I was down. You want to develop a grateful heart? Look back at all God has done in your life. Look back on where you're at today. Look at who you used to be and who God has made you today. Look at everything that you have. If you got a roof over your head, guess what? You've got something to be grateful for. If you're alive and you got breath in your lungs, guess what? You got something to be grateful for. Things may not be going 100% your way, but, but you still got a community and a church that loves you. Guess what? You got something to be grateful for. If you still got this book that you can open up and read, guess what? We still have something to be grateful for. We can still gather and we can still worship together uh, in, in a free country. Guess what? We have something to be grateful for. Man, if you had food on your plate today, guess what? You have something to be grateful for. And we go back and we begin to look and we just get grateful. God, I'm so, so, so thankful for who you are and for what you've done. And we'll come to God with a grateful heart.